Deb has been married to her husband, Mike, for 41 years. She has two kids, Nick and Beth, and she has one great grandbaby, Oliver, with another one on the way. So let's uh, give Deb a welcome. Here's your basket when you're ready. Great. Well, good morning. Um, can you all guys hear me okay? Um, it is, I've been on this side of the podium before, but it's really strange being here in this role. Uh, but I'm thankful to be here this morning, and it's very appropriate because I'm talk to you, talking to you about gratitude and thankfulness. You know, to prepare for my talk today, I Googled a lot. I reread Ann Voskamp's 1,000 Gifts. Um, I prayed, I reflected, I'm really not a public speaker, and by the time I'm finished, you'll probably agree. But I do know one thing. <clears throat> we are all called to have gratitude and be thankful. Every time I opened the word to prepare to talk to you today, I found more and more reasons to be full of gratitude and thanksgiving. Please expect the same thing for yourselves when you open the word. Um, I wanted to kind of branch out and do gratitude and thanksgiving and kind of do it in um, just a, I don't want to say worldly way, but a secular way without drawing too much. But really, I can't separate those two things from the Lord. So my talk is a lot about God, and um, I hope it draws you to him. The words in Hebrew and Greek that translate gratitude or thanks and its variations, gratefulness, thankfulness, um, thanksgiving, it's found in the Bible up to 157 times. The words are interchangeable in both the Hebrew and the Greek. And because God is stating it that many times, he's stressing it to us for a very good reason. He wants us to recognize our blessings. I have a couple decorative plates, plaques in my house. They say grateful, thankful, blessed, and I even have this sweatshirt that I wore here today. Um, but I never took the time to think about the differences between grateful and thankful until I prepared to talk to you. So I'll start with grateful. Grateful is a deep internal feeling of appreciation for God and his work. So it's in here. Reasons to have gratitude in our hearts. Number one, for the gift of grace, um, of salvation. We have John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him will have eternal life and not perish. Romans 5.8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in 1 Timothy, it says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. That was what Paul wrote. But you know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm the worst. And... Um, I know he saved me, a sinner. Wow. <laughs> Gratitude. We love because he first loved us. We can't love others in the way God loves us unless we have his love. Gratitude. We have his inspired word. Most of us have it in our homes, in lots of different versions, or in different formats. He's given us the gift of prayer. It's an honor to communicate with the God of the universe. It's amazing, and that's a huge reason for gratitude. Can you imagine? We are on one-to-one -one with the Creator. His presence. 
You know, when you feel alone by the God's by the world standard, when you just feel lonely, just remember he is there. Deuteronomy 31, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. We are a work in progress. I have a couple verses that are my favorites, but one of them is definitely Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will carry it to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Jesus intercedes to the Father for us. In 1 John, but if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And the Holy Spirit also intercedes for us. In Romans, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. He has groaned a lot for me, ladies. But not only does the Holy Spirit help us in prayer, he also works inside of us. Recently, I read in a commentary, the Holy Spirit first works to convict us of sin, and this conviction reveals that God is at work in your lives. Rejoice when you feel conviction. It is evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work in you. So be grateful of gratitude for that conviction. And the last but not least for sure is his provision for our needs, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Those are just a few reasons, and like I said earlier, every time you open the word, you should be able to find more. But let's move on to thankfulness, thanksgiving. It's an outward expression of what's in here. And we are acknowledging that God is the provider of something good. We are acknowledging the giver of the gift, not the gift itself. Being thankful is a command from the Lord. Paul writes, in everything give thanks, in everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus towards you. In Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We do this with thanksgiving because we know that God's answer to our prayer will be the best one possible. When we pray, God already knows the situation. He understands everything. He sees everything. We have glimpses, but we never see the whole picture. He is totally trustworthy and totally good. So, if we know that he knows all, if we know we can trust his goodness, shouldn't we thank him even when we don't understand, when we only see a glimpse? And I will be honest with you, there are times in my life when that's hard to be thankful. But it's what I'm called to do. It's what you're called to do. And it takes a lot of prayer and intentionality. We are called to be thankful for the good and for what we perceive as bad. Sometimes I know I think take things for granted, just a simple illustration, like we always flip on the light switch and the lights come on. But um, if the power's out for a few hours, when you flip that light on, finally, and it comes on, you're really thankful for it. Um, and we, we take things for granted all the time. It could be material things, like our homes, like our finances. It could be our health that we take for granted, and a relationship with others. But sometimes, it's easy to take the things I've mentioned, 
already for granted. His sacrifice, his salvation, his love, his presence, his work, the gift of, the, of Jesus interceding, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's work in us, his provisions. I take those things for granted too sometimes. And I don't know about you, but those are things that I want to acknowledge every single day, to be thankful for every single day. And I want to express thankfulness to him for those things. So how do we learn to feel gratitude and how do we learn to practice thanksgiving? Well, I've mentioned this word before, you have to be intentional. Instead of looking at a situation and what's wrong with it, try to see the situation through the lens of the Holy Spirit. What is he doing in your life? And I know it's hard. Sometimes you have to wait a few days to look back. Be sure you put a guard on those lips because what's said can never be taken back. Be careful not to complain about your situation. Be, be an example for those around you, for your circles of influence, including and especially those in your home. Your children are watching you, ladies. Another thing that we can do is understand that when you are sad, you can still be grateful and thankful for God, for his presence, for his comfort, and for the people he brings alongside you. You need to have a clear expectation of situations so you so don't set yourself up to complain. Remember that when hard things happen, we aren't owed anything from God, yet he still lavishes his grace and his kindness upon us. Learn to identify his gifts, spiritual, emotional, physical. You might want to keep a gratitude journal. You know, the first time I read Ann Voskamp's 1,000 Gifts a few years ago, I thought, I can do this. I can write down all these things. And my goal was to write down three things at night. And when I started, it was like I got supper done and everything was hot at the same time, or I made it to my appointment on time, <clears throat> things like that, very superficial things. But the longer I kept that gratitude journal, the deeper it got, and the more I saw God's work in my life, and I was able to write down things that I saw him doing. So that's one thing that you can do is just try to keep track of things. And it's neat when you can look back on it when you're having a really hard day and you look back on those gratitude journal entries and you think, you know, it's not all bad. It's okay. One of my husband's favorite sayings, and I know I've said this to several of you in this room before, comparison is the thief of joy. Try to avoid comparing what you have to what others have. And I want to clarify that a little bit. When you compare yourself to someone else and you find yourself lacking or find them lacking, it's a lose-lose situation. If you feel you are lacking, then you're telling God, your provision isn't good enough for me. And if you find them lacking, or if you find that you're better off than they are, then that person you are comparing yourself to, oh wait, then, then the person you're comparing yourself to, you're setting yourself up for a big pride issue. Don't compare yourself to others. It'll keep you from going down that dangerous path. Give to others sacrificially. Expressing thankfulness to God can be shown by giving your time, giving your talents, giving your material items, giving meals, even money to others. But one of the biggest sacrifices you can make is by just being present in their lives. Hebrews 12, 28, 
Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Our gratitude is expressed to the Lord in thankful worship. I know I sing praise music in the car when I'm driving. People probably think I'm crazy. But when we do that, we are worshiping the God. We are being thankful to him. Or in church on Sunday. I know several of you have sung in your churches. That is such a way to express thanksgiving to God for what he's doing in our lives. Um, I've been thinking about gratitude and thanksgiving in my own life in the terms of past, present, and future. I've seen what God's done there in my past. I've seen what he's doing now and what he's promised to do. And I'm sure your story is very different from mine, or maybe it's similar to mine. I don't know. Just don't compare mine to yours. Um, but my past, um, Danny mentioned that I've been married 41 years. That's a miracle. Uh, neither my husband nor I knew the Lord when we got married. The first year, we were polite to each other. The second year, we both decided that we didn't really have to agree with each other. It's amazing to me, and you guys might be there right now, that with the fights, the tears, the stony silences, God preserved our marriage. He instilled it into both of us to commit to our marriage. He already had a plan for us, and that included drawing us to him. I look back now, I'm forever grateful. And because I'm expressing that to you today, that's a way I show my gratitude through thanksgiving. Something else that is remarkable, our two children were born without the Lord being the center of our home. We did make some overture with religion, which was us trying to do the right thing. We went to church most of the time. We tried to have a moral household. Nick was eight and Beth was five when my husband decided to follow Jesus in 1995. And again, I'm amazed neither one of our children remember the times before Jesus. I am thankful that God was continuing his good work in our family. My husband decided to take a job in Cape in the fall of 1996. I reluctantly came. You have to know everything that I held dear was taken from me. The friends that we had, my job, my family, the areas I volunteered. We were only a couple hours from where we lived before, but I felt that distance was insurmountable. I felt empty and I felt lost. The absence of my family, my friends, the lack of things, they left a big hole in my heart. And that's when God began a good work in me. About nine months after we moved to Cape, he filled that hole in my life. He had to empty my life of things that didn't matter in order to fill my life with the only thing that does, him. And I am full of gratitude, and I'm so thankful to him for that work in my life. And again, with Philippians 1.6, I'm grateful that he who began a good work in me will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. I am a work in progress, and so are each of you. I think most likely we all have a long way to go. When I was going through those hard times and trials, it was hard to see the good, but afterwards I can see God's hand and orchestration of the events that brought me closer to him, and that's a reason for my gratitude. So think about your own past for a second. Can you reflect on circumstances and the Lord's work to fill your own hearts with gratitude? Can you see his guiding hand?
Well, my present, like you, I am living in this fallen world. We deal with COVID issues. We deal with a country that has forgotten how to follow the Lord, how to even be moral in a lot of ways. And despite health challenges and the loss of two of our parents these past 60 days, my husband and I know we are blessed. We recognize that God owes us nothing and that every day is a gift. We have a roof over our heads, family and friends, food on the table. But most importantly, we have Jesus as our Savior. Knowledge of him makes everything else fade. I feel so badly for those who don't have him to lean on in tough times. I'm full of gratitude. And I express my gratitude in this way. God gives me opportunity upon opportunity to talk about him to others. To former Mops Mamas who used to sit in these chairs who I still have relationships with. To my grandchild. To those I study his word with at Bible study. And to ladies like you. Don't be surprised when he gives you those same types of opportunities. You know, that's what our purpose is, to glorify him, to talk about him, to feel gratitude in our hearts, and by expressing thanks to him. So what is in your present? It might be really hard right now, but try to look for things that fill you, full of joy, full of gratitude. And think of ways that you can express those joys and that gratitude with thanksgiving. My future, your future too, as long as this earthly vessel, our bodies draw breath, we have good works for him to do that he has already prepared for us. We have to remember that this life is not about us. It's about him. And the best part, this fallen world is not the end. I know because of what Jesus has done for me and the promises in his word that he is the victor. And I will share eternity with him. Philippians 3, 20, 21, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I know because of his word that he is preparing a place for me, a place that has no sorrow and no tears, and I am grateful beyond words for his saving grace and my promised eternity. What about your future? Are you looking forward to a night of uninterrupted sleep or potty training to be finished? Maybe you're anticipating a well-planned trip. None of those things are bad to look forward to, but honestly, we don't know what tomorrow holds. I would challenge you to fix your eyes on the eternal things because in the long run, sleep and no diapers and vacations do not measure up of the glory of our eternity with the Lord in heaven. I recognize you today, you young moms. I want to offer you some encouragement. Being mothers of those young ones, you are in a prime position to help your family learn how to recognize things to be grateful for and how to practice Thanksgiving in your homes. I would suggest that daily, whether it be when you've got them captive in the car or at dinner time or at bedtime, have each person recall something good from that day. Point out things to your children during the day that the Lord has done. It could be something in nature. It could be a kind gesture of a friend or a visit with a grandparent. Help your children avoid the comparison game too. I can't tell you how many times I heard, Johnny's mom lets him do it. Our line to our kids was, Johnny's family may do that, but the Davy family does not. 
Don't let them compare themselves to others. Teach your children to give, not only from their abundance, but sacrificially too. I know mothers um, that used to sit in this circle, their kids would have abundance of toys from grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends. And they would, every once in a while, put a tub in the middle of the room and let the children decide what gifts they wanted to give other children. And um, God loves a cheerful giver, and if you can instill that into your children now, they will remember that forever. Remember, most of all, it's your job to train a child the way that he or she should go. Moms, I can't express it enough. You are the one who sets the best example. You know, I spoke at the beginning about those plaques I have around my house about the sweatshirt I'm wearing today. But now I truly know. I am thankful to the Lord, for my heart is full of gratitude for what he has done. I am truly blessed. I want to end by reading Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank you.